We hope you made it there, or else this is going to be incredibly awkward. Pastor Andy, we want to first and foremost say thank you for everything that you do and what you do for Coosa Valley, because this place could not be what it is right now without you, and we want to say we thank you and appreciate you. I know that pastoring can be very difficult at times, and it seems that things get really hectic a lot, but somehow you still manage to keep your cool, and you manage to shepherd your flock with such care and such grace. And so we take time today to honor you and to honor everyone else on the pastoral staff that helped make your vision come to life. And that includes your kids and your family. We have seen firsthand their hearts for God and for the spreading of his word and just for his people. Y'all at Coosa Valley are so blessed with every single person that is on this stage. At this time, we'd like to ask our awesome student ministry leader, Sister Shelby, if she would come, please, to the front. She has some tokens of appreciation for all the pastoral staff, but Pastor Andy, we want to take a quick moment to explain your gift because it is special. It is very special, and it, it's something that Sister Lisa and I wanted to do for you, but we didn't just want to do it by ourselves. We wanted to include as many people as we possibly could. So we literally grabbed the church directory and we called every single person in there. Every single person. Whether they answered or not, we called them. <laughs> we wanted to give everyone an opportunity to participate in this gift. And when you open it this afternoon, you will see exactly what we're talking about. And again, we just want to say thank you guys so much. Pastor Andy and pastoral staff and family, y'all are what makes Coosa Valley so awesome. Y'all do so much for Coosa Valley, and we're, you're just so appreciated. So thank you guys. We, we love, love you, you so much. So, so much, and we can't wait to see what God has in store for Coosa Valley this year. Also, we just wanted to remind you guys that we have one more special surprise coming on this upcoming Wednesday, which is the 24th. We want everyone to be at church because the last 15 minutes of service, the surprise will be revealed, and it will be something you do not want to miss. And at this time, we'd like to turn our service over to Sister Amanda. We are praying that God does some amazing things today. Bye. Bye-bye. Amen. We got some, y'all don't leave, please. We got some amazing pastor, uh, student pastors, amen? But we have a wonderful example to follow, and... And all of my serving pastors, I will have to say before the Lord and everyone, Pastor Andy has been one of the best pastors I have served under. Um, he has led an example that has been amazing. Um, and it actually has been easy, even though it has been 
very hectic during COVID, <laughs> it has been also easy to serve the Lord and not get discouraged because you have someone in your corner backing you up. So as he backs us up, we also need to back him up. Amen. So the church wanted to give you a little token of appreciation for all that you do. This is not a snake or it would be real small. That that one is. But here at um, Coosa Valley, we just want to give you this. This is a gift card to the Alabama State Parks because y'all like to go camp. And when you need a little bit of a re relaxation, you can go and have some fun. You can go as much as you would like to. But we, in our card, have also put the address is 970 River Road so that you remember you have to come back. You cannot stay gone, okay? <laughs> Yes, they have to go too. Yeah, yeah, they have to go too. So, but we love you here at Coosa Valley. Let's show them the appreciation and love that we have for them, please. Hallelujah. Oh, <laughs> uh, go ahead, open your gift. No. <laughs> Uh, on the front it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Pastor Andy Lambert. Fruity Bible. I'm scared to flip through it. Oh, okay. Hey. There's some verses that's, that's highlighted and notes put in here. All right. Mm-hmm. Amanda Maddox, Shirley Adams, Debbie Wilkes, Marie... Compton. Everybody's is in here. I love this. Thank you guys. Thank you. Oh, uh, uh, I don't know. Somebody threw a Sonic gift card in the middle for his milkshakes. Yes. <laughs> That's my milk. That's my milkshakes. Thank y'all so much. We love each and every one of you. We are so honored to be serving here at Coosa Valley. We just love you all. It's uh, <laughs> six years. Doesn't feel like it's been that long, yet it feels like it's been a whole lot longer. This last year has been very challenging, but the staff and the volunteers and, and our church family has just done an amazing job. Uh, jumping in where it's needed, uh, even during times of COVID where we come and we came and worked and, and did things around the church. And it's uh, never been a time that we didn't call on somebody and say, hey, we need this going on or this is going on or we need to do this and that. And, and everybody has jumped in. 
There's been times that people are not able to be here during service times, especially now with COVID, but I'm glad that we have a tech team and our praise team have just done an amazing job uh, throughout every bit of this, singing, singing and doing things even to an empty auditorium looking at a camera, whether it was sitting in the middle of the aisle as it was to begin with or now mounted, that this church has done an awesome job and our, our church folks is always picking up the phone, calling and checking on one another. You guys have made this very, very, uh, a very exciting six years and I'm going to just tell you something. I'm looking forward to the next, I was told 20 years. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next 20, 30, 40 years, whatever God's got. Because I'm telling you, God's got something great for Coosa Valley. Amen. Give him some praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for all you do. We do love you. Amen. So um, there will be a bag in the back that y'all can drop your cards or your love offerings for the pastors in the back of the sanctuary. Also, don't forget your tithes and your offerings as well. But before we get started, we want to take the time so that we do not stop the moving of the Holy Spirit um, and introduce our speaker this morning, who is um, Pastor Brian Gilpin. And we are very honored to have him with us, him and his wife, Sister Kendra. We are so glad that y'all got to come be with us today. And he has been a pastor for over 17 years, and he is right now at the church at at the Brook in Millbrook, Alabama. And he has served in the Church of God in various uh, roles. And if he has been in it for 17 years, be ready. We are in for a treat this morning. Amen. So, but I want to tell you, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. And I want to worship him and praise him. Pastor asked us to uh, sing, I feel like traveling on and where could I go, but we couldn't get those old hymns together because we's afraid he liable to walk out the door and not turn around and come back. So um, I prayed and asked God what he would like for me to do this morning. So y'all worship with us as we praise God. And I want y'all to praise God with us. I want y'all to worship with us because when we worship God, it just sets the speaker up for being able to bring out the word to us. Amen. Strength yes, from 
Strength from 
And what can wash away my sin? Oh, nothing but the blood of Jesus. And what can make me whole again? Oh, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, now look what the 
glory to God in this house. Yes, glory to God. I felt like running a mile on that. Hallelujah. My soul has been restored and revived and refreshed already in this house, in this worship. I tell you, God is here. and It is just good to come and to feel His divine presence when the praises go up, His blessings that surely come down. I'm just thankful to feel what I feel in this place this morning. God is surely here. What a blessing. What a blessing it is to be here this morning to help you honor your pastor. I am uh, so delighted to see a church that loves their pastor. I've seen some, talked with one this past week, a preacher friend that called me and shared with me uh, a dilemma he's facing in his church and some of the demands that they're uh, going to put on him or trying to put on him and just really not appreciating the gift that God's given them. And, but I'm glad to see this morning it's a different spirit in this place that you love your pastor and his wonderful wife and daughter. It is, it's refreshing to see that. Let me tell you something about your pastor. You already know he's one of the hardest working pastors that we have in the church of God. He is not a lazy man by any stretch. He works hard. He goes all the time. You know that. Um, he may be little, but he's loaded with, with energy. Amen. He is, he is a wonderful, wonderful pastor. Been around long enough to see the differences in pastors these days. You are blessed here at Coosa Valley, amen. You are blessed to have a wonderful pastor's wife like Sister Carrie and her support. You better be glad she's around because you couldn't handle Andy without her. Amen, amen. And that beautiful young lady, Katie, gracious, alive. And I saw her just a moment ago. I thought, gracious, alive, she's getting grown on us. And I tell you, she is a beautiful, beautiful young lady. Just excited about what God's going to do with her, amen been trying to get her to sneak up on her dad you know she's moving on up in the ranks of karate and I've been trying to get her to sneak up on her dad and get Carrie to get out there with the cell phone to video it and just sneak up on him and give him a good old flip in the front yard and and uh, send me that video and we'd play it at count meeting amen <laughs> amen it's good to have friends but Andy I love you and it is a privilege for Kendra and I to be here to celebrate today with you in this wonderful church Beautiful place, Whoa, what God is doing here at Coosa Valley and how that he has a great future for you here. you got time for me to preach just a little while. Now when I say a little while, that's all relative, okay? You know, I, one of my, the young ladies in my church, one of the workers said something to me the other day. She said, you know, uh, I mentioned a couple of years. She said, well, that's not long. I said, have you been to prison for a couple of years? I guarantee you. It'd be different if you was in prison. It's all relative, isn't it, to where you are. But I'll do my best to get you out of here by, let's see, it's 1130. I'll do my best to get you out of here by 130. How about that? <laughs> no, I won't do you that way. My folks won't put up with it, and I won't, I won't make you go there. But this morning, I want to preach for just a little while about the Lord of more. The Lord of more. I am determined in these days that we have faced that God is up to doing more with us than what we have seen in the past. I'm, I'm convinced that as we have had to work through uh, pastoring through COVID, and, and you just to see that we're a year out of this thing, or a year through it, uh, that we've made it this far. 
that God's been faithful to us through all of these days uh, that's been difficult. And I've told uh, one minister friend, we've gone back to the days of the judges where the Bible says every man did what was right in his own eyes. That's how we've had to pastor our churches. Every man's having to do what works best for them. But we've come to a day now that we're hopefully coming out of this. We've come to a new season politically. We're seeing the world has changed just in a just in a moment. The world has shifted on us, and we see that the anger and the the hatred that's out there in the world. Whether you want to admit this or not, or I want to admit it or not, the world hates us. They don't understand why we've gathered in this place this morning when we could be somewhere else, and they don't understand why we get moved emotionally when we hear songs about the blood of Jesus. They don't understand why we can shout and say, look what the Lord's done for us. They don't understand that. We're strangers and pilgrims here, but while we walk this place, I declare to you today the Lord wants to do more. He is a God of more. And so if you have your Bibles, if, if I'll hurry up here, we'll get done quicker. But if you have your Bibles, go with me to 2 Kings chapter number 3. And I want to use as a text verses 16 through 18. And then we'll back up and just preach the rest of it. This is what the Bible says to us in verse number 16. He said to him, he says, And thus saith the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. Thus saith the Lord, you shall not see wind, neither shall you see rain, that yet this valley shall be filled with water, that you may drink both you and your cattle and your beast. And this is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. This is where you need to pay attention. He will deliver the Moabites also into your hand. Father, we come before you this morning, and I thank you for the good Holy Ghost that we sense and feel in this church today. I thank you for this wonderful pastor and this pastor's wife and this pastor's daughter. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you have done here at Coosa Valley, but what you're going to do, Lord, as they move into the future and move toward your, your appearing. Father, I just praise you now for what you've done, what you're going to do. We just ask you now to touch us as we bring your word to your church. And speak to this congregation. Let it be a word received, a word that's lived. And we ask this in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. You going to help me preach? Say amen. Amen. I want to preach just a little while. The Lord of more. Dreadful things happen to us, ladies and gentlemen. We become a people with an awful tendency. I don't know how it works around Coosa Valley, but I can tell you how it works at Church at the Brook. We are a people that... We become settled and satisfied with enough. I'm satisfied with enough. It's, it's a paralyzing attitude that we put God into our box and we simply say, I've got all of Him I want. I've got all of Him that I need. But I want to tell you this morning, the Lord wants to do more with us, with us and through us than what we can even imagine. But sadly, the reality has been brought to pass that we're living far beneath the privilege that you and I have been given. However, when I search this book that I preach out of, I look at the life of a man named Elisha, and he is a man with the mindset of more. He realizes that he serves a God that is a God of more. That our God doesn't run a halfway house. He's a full-time delivering God. That our God doesn't just go so far. He carries us far beyond. Elisha understood that the God he served was a God of more. 
In fact, that he would have the same mentality as the Apostle Paul that I heard here read that's on the cover of that Bible cover that, that our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or even imagine according to the power that works within us. Our God goes beyond what we think. And as we come to these days, I want to tell you that God wants to do more with this church than what's been done in years gone by. I don't know what the founding date of this church was, when it was born, what, what, when it was established. I don't know the date of this building. But I can tell you the years that God's given you here have been wonderful and you've seen His faithfulness. But I'm telling you as we get closer to the Lord's coming, the Lord wants to do more with us. God wants to do more through us. And I don't know about you, but I've determined in my heart that I'm going to let Him do more with me. I've begged him, God, give me a greater mind for the Scriptures. Give me a greater heart for the Word of God. I don't want to come to this place of ministry and I just set the fence post of my experience and I stay within it whenever there's a wild world with you far beyond my experience. I want to get deeper with him. And I've come to tell you, in 2021, God's ready and willing to do more with us than what we've seen so far. Amen. God's wanting to take you as a church further than where you have been. He's wanting to see things happen here that you can only dream of. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. And I've come to, I'm going to preach to you like I preach to my people. I've already given this to my folks. I've told those people at Millbrook, God is a Lord of more and wants to do more with our church. I'm glad for the 51 years that the church at the Brook's been in existence and all that God's done with it. But I'm not going to live on the last 51 years. I'm looking into the future and say, Lord, wherever you want to take it, take it. Whatever you want to do, do it. However you want to work, work in this church. I've come by this place. Let's take God out of his box and say, Lord, have your way. In these last days, do a great work in this church. i got to hurry up if I'm going to shut up. I want to, before I get into what I want to really preach, I want to show you something. And, I, and I, would, I would dare you to go home this week and study the life of Elisha the prophet. And you're going to see that this, this mentality of more is burned into him. He is the prophet of more. Remember when he's walking with Elijah and he tells him whenever Elijah looks at him and says, What do you want me to do for you? He says, I want more. Give me more. Give me a double portion of your spirit. The world's changing, Elijah. I'm going to need more of the Holy Ghost than what you had. I need more. Give me more. We see this is the mentality of Elisha. We watch him through his ministry as there's a widow woman that'll come to him and say, I've got a creditor that's coming to get my boys. If I can't pay that, that debt off, he's coming. And, and Elisha says, Mama, what do you have in the house? She says, got a little bit of oil. He says, you go out and you borrow a and borrow not a few meaning more get as much as you can the more vessels you have the more oil you're going to get my God I feel like running we look at him as he has a king come to him one time and tells him that, that we've got an enemy that's coming up against us. He's dying in these days. Elisha's actually sick unto death. But the king shows up and tells him, we've got an enemy and I need help. He hands him an arrow and says, smite the ground. He smote the ground three times. Elisha looked at him and said, man, why did you stop at three? You should have done it five or six. You should have done it 
more. Because had you done it more, God would have completely annihilated that enemy. But because you were limited in it, all he's going to give you is about a three-year window of peace with that enemy. Ladies and gentlemen, he is a God of more. Oh, God, give us the Elisha spirit that would, when we feel like we're surrounded and we go out and we see that the enemy's got us surrounded and it looks like there's no way out, that Elisha rose over in the bed and says, Lord, let my servant know what's out there that there's more with us than they are out there against us. I'm talking to somebody this morning to tell you our God is a God of more and I pray that at the Coosa Valley Church we leave here today with the spirit of Elisha in us that says God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than what we've ever imagined. I may be here a minute and I want to I wanna move I, I, I want you to see what we're hearing right now is the voices of unbelief. I have to be careful where I listen and to whom I listen. I've quit listening to the news. I'm sorry. I've divorced Fox News. I'm done with that bunch. I, I, I never married CNN. I never married MSNBC. I ain't lying. I ain't a bunch of lying folks in my life. I've never seen the like. So I'm leaving that stuff alone. I go back now and I watch Fred Sanford. Get my soul refreshed and revived. I, I go back and watch Andy and Opie a little bit and get a little help. Amen. Amen. Leave that other mess alone. Let them liars. There's a lion. Let me just stop. I'm going to preach to you like you belong to me today. There's a lying spirit in that media out there. And they're going to try their best to get you down and out. We're not going to listen to the voice of unbelief. In the narrative of the text, I've got to hurry. In the narrative of the text. We have a problem that's arisen. We have three kings that we're going to see here. Jehoram, who is the king of the northern kingdom in Israel. He is a wicked man. His daddy is Ahab. That tells you a little bit. But the Bible tells us in verses 1 through 3 there that he is the king in that northern kingdom. He is not as bad as his daddy, but he's still evil. That makes sense. He's still going to hell. He's just not as going, going to hell as fast as Ahab was. Ahab was given to full-blown Baalism, whereas Jehoram, his boy, was given to a mixed religion. He didn't do what his daddy did. Matter of fact, he removed the image of Baal, but he brought in a new way to worship Jehovah. Really not a new way. It was the way of Je- Je- uh, Jeroboam whenever he brought in the calf and they worshiped that golden calf. And this is the way of Jehoram. In other words, God alone wasn't pretty enough, so we had to pretty him up. Sounds like some of the religion we have in America today. That seeker-friendly religion where you come in and an hour you're out and you, 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 you're not con- confronted with sin. You're not confronted with wickedness. You're not confronted about righteousness. You just come and go in a passing glance. That's Jeroboam's religion, and, and Jehoram followed that religion. Then there's another king that we meet. His name is Jehoshaphat. He's a good king. He's a king in Jerusalem. He's a king in that southern kingdom. And he is a man that loves God. And then there's the king of Edom that will be brought in. So what the problem is, is the king of Moab has decided he's going to quit supplying the northern kingdom with their meat and with their wool. And so what he's going to do, he's going to revolt against them. And Jehoram will call Jehoshaphat and say, I need help. Will you go with me to fight the Moabites? And in verse number 8, they come up with a plan. And they begin to talk about how we're going to go. 
We'll go through the desert land of Edom. We'll go to that place, through that place where there's no water. We'll go through that place that's rough and rocky. We'll take the long way around to come up the backside and to attack them on their back. So we're going to do this, but the problem is, is we're going into a land where there's no or not that much water. It's a dry, barren wasteland. They do this, they get into it seven days, and they encounter a problem. What's going to be the problem out in the middle of nowhere? No water. They've got three armies. They've got cattle that has to supply food to those armies. None of them have the water that they need. It's not that they didn't prepare and bring water. It is that they're out there in that wilderness. There was an expectation that there was going to be a stream of water flowing. They had counted on, their generals had talked about it. We'll get together because we can get to this point down here in this wilderness. We know that there's a spring there, a, a creek, a river, whatever it was, that will have water for us. But you know what happens when they get there? It's dried up. When they get there, it's gone. And in verse number 9, we see where, where I'm on these screens here. Go to verse number 9 for me, brother. The king of Israel went, they went down to Enoch, they made their mark seven days. No water was found. Verse number 10, put that up there for me. Then the king, Jehoram, the one that's got that half-hearted religion, one foot in the world and one foot in the church, trying to serve God in the way that pleases carnal man. He speaks up and says, alas. In other words, he said, oh no. Something happened here he wasn't expecting. Something happened here. He said, the Lord has called these three kings to give them over to the hand of Moab. I want to stop and tell you, be careful who you listen to. Never listen to that preacher or that man that has a worldly heart. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace, the Bible tells me. Here the king of Israel, Jehoram, says, God has brought us out here. We come to this place, our expectations was that there'd be water flowing and this place is dried up. I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, back in November, for a lot of folks, their expectations failed them. Don't get quiet on me, you make me nervous, I'll preach longer. They thought that Mr. Trump was going to win it. Probably did win it, if the truth be told. And it was stolen right in front of the whole world to see. Amen. Don't get mad at me. We, we, we know what happened. We expected, help me Lord not to get in trouble here, but we expected the wrong to be righted. But don't you know when wickedness rules, wickedness will always protect itself. We expected things to be made right, but things were never made right. And all of a sudden we had the, the help me Lord, the YouTube prophets telling us how that Biden would never be in office. And we had all these different ones and all of that fell by the wayside and many people's expectations failed them. But I'm here to declare to you this morning, though the world's expectations may fail them, I'm not listening to the world. I'm not going down with them. I hear the voice of my Lord saying, you 
you are not of this world, even as I was not of this world. I hear the voice of my Lord tell me, son, you belong to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. My Lord, I feel like running. You belong to a kingdom where the streets are paved with the purest gold. You belong to a kingdom where the gates are one solid pearl. You belong to a kingdom where angels are the caretaker and the citizens are saints. You are not of this world. Ladies and gentlemen, when your expectations fail you, your God has not. They get to that place of failed expectations. King Jehoram cries out. said, oh no. What are we going to do now? And that been the voice you've heard amongst some Christian folk? Oh no, what are we going to do now? Trump's back in Florida. Biden's in the White House. Gas prices are going up. Oh no, what are we going to do now? The border's busted again. Oh no, what are we going to do now? COVID-19 is, is, is mutated and there's new strands of it coming. Oh no, what are we going to do now? Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not careful, you will listen to the wrong voices at the wrong time and find yourself in a wrong mess. Ladies and gentlemen, I've come to tell you, Jehoram's just like the news. He's like MSNBC. He's going to tell you all the bad, but somewhere there's got to be a voice of victory and a voice of faith that says God's not dead he's still alive that says God's word is still true and if God said it I'm going to stand on it and I'm going to watch him work if it harlots the devil I'm going to see him move hurry up Brian you got a ways to go alas God's brought us out here to die listen to that to die at the hand of Moab Moab being the washpot. That's what God said Moab was, was a washpot. He says God's brought us out here to die in the washpot. You see, you got to be careful. I've heard preachers, Andy, tell me I just don't know what the church is going to look like after COVID. I've heard them tell me I don't know that it ever get back to what it was. I'm going to tell you something. I say in the name of Jesus, it won't get back to what it was. It's going to get back better than what it was. We're not going to just survive. We're going to thrive. Can I tell you how good God's been to us down there at that church where I pastor? We've been paying $5,000 a month for a long time on a church note. And it's a needed thing. It's a necessary thing. And I've been watching one of the goals that I had when I went to that church. And I saw the debt that we had there. wasn't that it was strangling the church, but $5,000 a month going to, a, to the bank instead of going to the ministry, it bothered me. And I made it a goal. I said, well, my intention is that we're going to pay this church off and we're going to do our best and do it as fast as we can. Now, I ain't going to break the bank. I ain't going to put the church in a bind. But God's going to help us do this in June. In June, that's two months, three months into this stupid virus. And we're still dealing with all of the, all of the, the repercussions. That we're really just getting started good in it. And I'm sitting in my office and a man comes in there and says, Pastor, he says, this is what's happened in my life. 
wife, here's a $40,000 check I want to give to this church. You use it however you want to. The devil said, right on it, an offering for pastor. said, no, I can't do that. That, that, that ain't going to get me by. I can't do that. Amen. But I, I said, okay, brother. I called my administrative pastor. I said, look here. This is what's just come in. I need some dollars. I need some, note, uh, some, some notes on where we are, where is our, with every account we've got. Uh, he got back with me and gave me all my numbers that I needed. I said, we'll get a men's meeting ready. We walked into that men's meeting. And God, with his grace and goodness, helped us to pay that building off about eight to nine years early, saving us nearly $100,000 in interest payments alone. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you, Jehoram will say, alas, God's put us here to die, but there's going to be some people that say, no, he hasn't. He's put us here to live. I said he's put us here to live, and not just live, but live abundantly, a life that is full of the joy of the Lord. Be careful at the voices that you hear. Jehoram will blame it on God when whenever it was really Jehoram's decision to go out there. I'm going to talk to you like a pastor now. I've pastored long enough. I've had people blame God when it was all their fault. You in the mess most of the time because of the choices you make. A few weeks ago I stood at a coffin of a 30-year-old girl and told her family the reason we're here way too early is because of the choices you made. Preacher, you said that. Yes, I did because there's other ones sitting out there that's walking the same road. And if I don't say something to them, they may be there too. Amen. Be careful what you listen to. In the midst of the crying out of the voices of unbelief, there must be a voice of faith that will arise. And I love verse number 11. Bro, if you'll put that up there for me. Verse number 11, you see a, you see a great contrast of that, that man that's half-hearted, that man that's evil, that man that's really not walking with God. Versus that man that loves God. Jehoshaphat, that righteous king, spoke up and says, There is there no prophet of the Lord here. Where's here? Here in this place where our expectations have failed. Here in this place where there's no water. Here in this place where you told us we're going to die. Is there no voice of God? Is there no inspired messenger here? Ladies and gentlemen, we've been here for a long time. It seems like COVID drug out, and it has. It, I, I went into this thing looking as young as a 16-year-old boy. Now look at me. I'm six foot five and had a head full of hair. Amen. No, no. We, we, it's aged us. I, I saw a picture of myself way back yonder. I said, who is that little old kid pastoring that church? And, and then I looked at myself. I said, look at them crow's feet around that eye. Look how thin that hair is on top of that head. Look at that skunk laying on my chin. Black mustache with a gray beard hanging off of me. I tell you folks, it'll put the miles on you. It just drags on. But I want you to hear this preacher this morning. There is a word from God for your ear. Where you are now, here, there, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. There is a word for here. Preacher, I don't know what I'm going to do, but there's a word for here. I don't know how I'm going to make it through this mess, but there's a word for here. God has something to say here. The devil's barking like a junkyard dog, but our Father has a word to say in these hours. I don't know what the next four years are going to look like, but I tell you what. God's got a word for his church endure to the end fight this good fight of faith no weapon formed against you is going to prosper he has a word for here 
Is there somebody that will speak for God here? Here. Jehoram, you can put us in a grave if you want to, but I ain't going in there with you. There's got to be a word from God here. Somebody spoke up and said, you know what? There is a prophet that we can talk to. His name is Elisha. Jehoshaphat heard it. He said, he'll do. The word of the Lord's with him. In other words, he's the real deal. He's the man we need to listen to. He poured water over the hands of Elijah. He'll work. If we can just get to him, we can hear what God has to say. Ladies and gentlemen, be careful who you listen to and be careful where you run. Make sure you run to the voice of God. Make sure you run to that place where God is a-talking. Amen. That's why the house of God's important. You hear me? I understand online has been something we've had to use. It's been something that the Lord's even blessed in our church. I know He's blessed it here. But I listen to me. There's something about coming to where God's voice is. I said there's something about coming where God's voice he is. It's not enough for you to be a pajama prophet and lay at the house on a Sunday morning. It's time to come back to the house of God because God has a word here. God wants to say something here to you who are here listening for the word of God. I'm trying to hurry. God help me. I'm trying to hurry. I'd still be on my first, my first point if I was at my home church. I tell you. So we see there's a voice of unbelief. We see there's the voice of faith that arises and said, I'm not listening to Jehoram. There's got to be a word from God. This is where I just, just love this passage of Scripture. Then we encounter, well, let me just stop here and tell you, when you get to the point where you want to hear what God's going to say, you will encounter the God of more. When you want to hear from God, you will encounter the God of more. So the Bible moves on in the text and in verse number, uh, well, they, as they travel on. these If you can picture it in your mind, they will go down, these three kings will go down and find Elisha, go to his house. Can you get the picture? These three mighty kings, servants obey them. They have wealth and riches. They are, they are in control and command armies. But they're going to look for one man. And it's God's man. You know what this tells me, church? It tells me that when times get bad, the politicians are not the ones with the answer. Have you noticed that? That when times get bad, the politicians, are, they're not the ones that have the answers. Look at the way they're, they're help me Lord, they're still throwing money at this stuff. That seems to be their answer for everything until you have to go back and pay for it. We see the, the politicians, they don't have the answers. We watch them wrangle. My Lord, help me, I'm supposed to get in trouble. They argued over a certain uh, medicine for COVID because one man said we need to be taking it. They hated him so bad they said put that stuff up and tell how bad it is. And people have been taking it for years. You see, the answer's not in Washington. I pastor 15 minutes from Montgomery. Let me tell you, the answer's not in Montgomery. 
Miss Ivy, God love her. She's doing the best she can, I reckon, but she's not the answer. You see in the text here where the answer is. The answer is in the voice of the Lord. Where's the voice of the Lord? It's in this pulpit. It's in this church. It's in that Sunday school class. That's where that voice is. Let me stop and tell you the most powerful people on planet earth. It's not the the army rangers. It's not the navy seals. It's not the secret service. The most powerful people is the church of the Lord God. The voice of God is found in his house, my God. Lord, let us not lose sight of that. The most powerful people on the planet are those that hear from God. So they went down. They see him. And in verse number 13, I love how this thing plays out. Elisha sees that king of Israel. And I love him. You remember now the king of Israel is the wicked one. The king of, of, of Judah is the righteous one. That's Jehoshaphat, Jehoram he's talking to here. He says, what in the world do I have to do with you? I love this. You play with that devil. You love the world. You've got a seeker-friendly religion. You're unfaithful to the covenant of, of your God. And you want to come talk to me? What in the world do you want to talk to me about? And I love this next line. Go to the prophets of your mama and your daddy. Help me, Jesus. In other words, go home, flip on your religious TV. Where all they're interested in is getting your money and they're not interested in you and preaching the truth. Oh, God help me. I'm going to try to hold back these reins. I'm not at the brook. Amen. I don't want to cause him any trouble. If anybody gets mad, you come see me. We'll just, we'll just pray it out in the parking lot. Amen. Go to your mama and daddy's preacher. Go find that man that won't preach against sin. Go find that man that won't preach the coming of the Lord. Go find that man that won't preach about heaven nor hell. Go find that man that's just interested in keeping the religious doors, the business open and the money coming in. You go find that man. I ain't got time to talk to you. I want to say something to you, ladies and gentlemen. When times of trouble come, the fake will always fade away. That you will find that the fake and the put-on group, how little value they have. You see, I'm not, help me, Lord, I'm not looking for the man in Houston, Texas to find a word from God for, for COVID-19. All I heard him say was, it was my best life now. Well, I ain't got any time to hear from him. I don't want to hear from these folks that it's pie in the sky by and by. I don't want to hear from that preacher that said it's about big houses and big cars and big paychecks. Give me somebody that's heard from God. And Elisha looks at that, that king and says, go back over there to that seeker-friendly church where you've been. You've been over there trying to recruit people to come to that church for years because they don't preach holiness. They don't preach hell. They don't preach till their clothes are ringing wet. They're calm and they preach for 22 minutes and give you five jokes and one verse of Scripture. That's where you need to be, ladies and gentlemen. But you see the response of that king when he says, no, it's the Lord that's called us out to this place. In other words, he says, I 
realize that right now I don't need the smart boys of religion. I don't need the silver tongue talkers. I need somebody that's been in God's presence. I've been, I need somebody that's been in a prayer closet. I need somebody that didn't wait to Sunday morning to try to find something to preach. They've been before God and they've heard what God has to say. He says, I don't want to hear from them. I need a real word from God because we're in real trouble. And as we move on, in verse number 14, I love verse 14. Elisha said, as the Lord host lives before whom I stand, if it wasn't that I regarded Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I wouldn't even talk to you. I want to say something to you, church. Because of who we are, there is a privilege given to us. God's not speaking into this world just because He wants to speak to the world. He's speaking to His church. So His church can be a light to that world. God, we, we are people of favor this morning because God will speak to His church. You and I are the, the, the ears of our, of our master. He speaks into him. We are those that he says, as Isaiah said, give me the tongue of the learned that I may speak a word in season. We are his messengers. And here he says, if it weren't for Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't give you the time of day. And as we move on, verse 15, they bring in a musician and they start to play some music. And whenever the music and when the worship went up, the hand of the Lord came down. Just like what we felt here just a moment ago. When the worship began to rise and go up before God, the hand of the Lord came down on Elisha. That's why we worship like we do. That's why we have music in the church. That's why we have some praise singers up. It's because it creates an atmosphere for us to hear what God is going to say to us. Preacher, why do we got to have all that singing? Some of you twice dead and plucked up by the roots. We got to raise the dead. Amen. Something about that. He begins to, Elisha begins to worship. That spirit of worship comes and he, he feels the hand of the Lord. He touch him. And this is what he says in verse number 16. He says, Thus saith the Lord, I am going to make this, this, this bed, this, this valley, this place where your expectations have told you. I'm going to, he says, you make it, I'm going to make it full of pools. And listen to what it goes on to tell us. In verse number 17, he says, you're not going to see, you, you're not going to see the wind, you're not going to see the rain, you're not going to see any of that, but this place is going to be filled. Now, now you have to understand something, there is a requirement on the part of the people. He says, I'm going to give you water, because that's what you're looking for, but you got to dig in that valley. Don't die in the valley, dig in the valley. Don't give up in the valley, start working your valley. Look at what he's saying here. You make this valley full of ditches. That's in verse number 16, I believe it is. You make this valley full of ditches. You make it. Your pastor's been here six years. And for six years, he's been digging ditches. Six years, he's been busting the hard ground. For six years, he's been having to hit the old rocks and move them out. Why? Because it's a time of preparation. 
You understand something? We've got a lazy religion in America where there's no preparation. Preachers go and, help me Lord, they print off somebody else's sermon outline and go preach it. They've not prayed, they've not studied, they've not done anything. They just go fly by the seat of their britches with what somebody else has preached. You understand something? In order for us to get the need met, we've got to prepare the valley. He didn't say go down there in that, in that fertile field. Get over there where it's rocky. Get over there where it's bare. My God, help me, Lord. There's some men that won't take our churches, Brother Andy, because the ground's rocky there. They won't go to that area because it's too rural. It's too poor. It doesn't have enough people for me. They're afraid they're going to have to get over there and dig too much. and It ain't going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. In order for us to survive in 2021, we better get our holiness pick and shovel out and get back to digging. Digging that that valley where you are. I said dig in that valley where you are because as sure as you dig in that valley, God Almighty is going to visit you in that valley and make sure that valley is a place of victory and not a place of death. He says you dig in that valley. You dig in that valley. You won't hear the rain. You won't see the wind. It's going to be, this is hard for us Pentecostal folks because we got to have it Going 120 miles an hour. We got to have it, uh, a 220 current coming. He says, what I'm going to do, you're not going to see it. You're not going to feel it. I've been to those church services where people are mad. Says, well, that was as dry as last year's corn shucks. One of them said, it's as dry as cracker juice. what they say and the problem with them is is they've got to have a religion of feeling now I'm glad I feel what I feel I'm glad that I serve a Lord that's alive and life you feel life but sometimes I've learned that it's so stand still and see the salvation of the Lord moments where he really shows up it's not always in a shout. It's not always running the aisles. It's not always in a loud preacher. Sometimes it comes when you don't even see it. Sometimes it happens when you don't even feel it. My God. It happens whenever you don't even expect it. And the prophet said, listen here, God's going to fill this valley that you make full of ditches. And I'm going to stop, stop, stop here and just say it like this. He'll make it, he'll give you as much water as what you prepare for. The more ditches you dig, Brother Andy Lambert, the more water's coming. I said, the more ditches you dig, the more water that's coming. Church, the more ditches you help him to dig, the more water's coming. I said, the more you help him dig, the more, my God, I feel like jumping this pulpit. The more we dig the more God's going to send the more we work the more God's going to bless don't you be satisfied with a little shallow ditch dig 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 and the more you dig the more you're preparing for God to bless dig I'll make this valley full of water you're not going to feel it you're not going to you're not going to See it when it happens, but it will happen. Verse number 18, I'm going to move. See, now, what did they come for? What was, what was the whole reason for these men to seek out Elisha? Water. 
All they asked for was water. Now, why were they there? They were there to defeat an enemy. But yet, all they were worried about was making sure we don't die of thirst out here. I'll stop here and tell you, God's concerned about more than what you are. He's interested in more than what you're in. See, some of you are just interested in, in getting more money in so you can buy more stuff. God's interested in blessing you with more money so you can give more. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. See, all they were concerned about is make sure we don't die of dehydration out here. But verse 18 shows me something, that God's mentality is more. God's heart is for more. Help me, Lord. God wants to do more. You see, in my church, I can look at the congregation and say, well, that was a good-looking church congregation today. Hey, they look good out there. They preached good today. They did good today. They, they was wonderful. And I can get up on Monday morning and be satisfied with that, but the Holy Ghost taps me on the shoulder and says, Son, we gave you the water you needed yesterday, but get to digging today because I want to do more. I want to do more. Listen to what he said. He said, this is a light thing in the sight of the Lord. This is no big deal to give you water. It's not a big deal for God to supply. God owns the fountains of the deep. He, it's no big deal for him to make sure water comes up out of the ground so you don't die of thirst. But understand something about your God. It isn't his purpose that you get well hydrated before the enemy cuts your throat. He's a God that says, I'll hydrate you, but I'll also give you victory. I'm not going to make it where, I, where you live another day for the devil to kill you tomorrow. I feel like preaching an hour right there. Some of you just saying, well, if I can just get through this. And the devil said, yeah, but I'm waiting on you on the other side of it. And God says, no, I'm going to give you victory today in what you're facing. And I'm going to give you victory in tomorrow. And you ain't even asked me for it. I'm not going to give you what you're asking for today for you to die by the hand of the devil tomorrow. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. Stop praying so limited. Stop asking so small say Lord do more do more than what I'm asking you to do it's a light thing God will also give the Moabites into your and God will also he will also if I understand the English language right that means more God will do more Jehoshaphat Jehoram king of Eden Edom, you come here and you've asked just for water. But God's going to send you away with a promise of more. You came here to fight an enemy. You don't know how that was going to turn out. You had no idea. But God says, I'm going to supply the need of water. And I'm also going to supply the need of victory. Church here at Coosa Valley understands something. God is here to do more with you than what you're expecting. God wants to do more in your youth group and in your Sunday school and in your children's ministry than what you're asking. Yes, Lord, we need the water to live. But God, we need you to take it further and to do more with us. We need you to take it further and do more in our homes. 
God, it's not enough for my children to get a good education and be good moral people in the community. God, I want you to do more with them. I want you to save them. I want you to sanctify them. I want you to fill them with the Holy Ghost. Lord, we want you to do more. I don't know about you this morning, but my heart longs to see God do more than what we've seen in the past. I'm not satisfied with just good church. Lord, do more. Do more. Raise up sons and daughters to preach this gospel. Lord, do more with us. He will also give you. You quitting on me yet? Y'all ready for me to quit? Amen. He says, the Lord's going to deliver them into your hand. Now listen, put verse number 20 up and I'll, I'll hurry up here. Preacher, you've done said that ten times. Look at here. The next morning, about the time of the offering sacrifice. Huh. If I read that right, it's at the time of worship. At the time of offering that morning sacrifice and giving God praise and giving God glory and giving God thanks for His goodness. The Bible says, Behold, water came from the direction of Edom until the country was filled with water. When they began to worship, water began to flow. <laughs> Pastor, you know why you study like you do and pray like you do? Because when you get in here and start the worship of the Word, water starts to flow. Musicians and singers, you want to know why you practice and get here early and do what you do? Because you dig in the ditches. Because when you start that worship, the water starts to flow. And the thirsty can start to drink. The country was filled with water. Verse number 21, I'm going to close here. When all the Moabites heard that the kings had come, they put armor on everybody they could. Get you a sword in your hand. Well, that's little Leroy. He ain't but 12. Let him fight. Everybody that they could, they put them out there. And they drew themselves up to the border. Verse number 22. When they rose up early, the sun was shining on that water. And the red was blood. They said, It's blood. The kings have risen against one another and they've killed each other. They're seeing water or they're seeing what they think is blood because water's not supposed to be there. And they say, well, that's got to be blood, the way the sun's hitting it. And they tell me that the, 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 the type stone that it is, the ground there makes it look red. The water look red. And they look at it and says they've turned on one another. They've killed one another. And they began, this, and I won't read it on anymore, but I'll just give you the overview. As it moves on, they move into the camp of the Jews, of the people of God. And when they do, the Bible says they will arise and Moab is smitten before the people of God. They're smitten with such a force that the king of Moab begins to run from them. And as he's running, they're falling behind. And as they're falling behind, they're knocking down the trees of Moab. They're filling the wells of Moab. They're putting stones in their fields so they can't grow there in Moab. It's so bad that the king will offer his own 
son to his pagan god to try to get it to stop. Preacher, what are you saying here? They went looking for water, but what they walked out of there with was victory over the enemy. And the enemy realizing that there's nothing we can do to stop God's people. I've come to tell somebody, you come to church Sunday after Sunday just to hear some preaching, but what you're leaving with is victory. Telling the enemy, I am more than a conqueror because Christ lives in me. He's the Lord of more. And I've come this way to tell you God wants to do more. Pastor, I want to encourage you as, your, as a friend. You and I have been through some stuff in the last few years. We've been able to confide in one another. In times where he had called me or I'd call him and we was wrung out with what we were dealing with. But I'm telling you, Andy Lambert, I believe God wants to do more. I said God wants to do more. I believe right here at Coosa Valley, God wants to do more. And the question is, let me just stop here and tell you something. They could have filled every canteen they had. They could have took their Yeti coolers and filled them with all the water they wanted to and went back home and been well hydrated getting back home. But that enemy's still been alive over there fighting against them. You listen to me, folks. God didn't intend on you just coming drinking the water and doing nothing with it. He says, you take that water and you live on it. And while you're there, defeat your enemy. He said to this church, I've given you what it, what you've needed. I've blessed you through the years, but there's more Coosa Valley's got to do. There's more than just drinking of the water. There is conquering the devil that's threatening your homes and threatening your kids and threatening your life. There's more that God wants to do with us. I don't know about you, church, but I say, Lord, I want you to do more. Lord, do more with me. If you would, if you'll stand up, I'll shut up. If I've preached too long, I apologize. But, but, and I know we, we're dealing with COVID restrictions still. But I, I just want to ask, is there anybody in this place that would say, Lord, I've heard that you're a Lord of more and I want you to do more. I want you to do more in my life, more in my home, more for my loved ones. I want you to do more. Is, is there anybody that's of that spirit, of an Elisha spirit this morning? Would you just slip your hand up? Lord, I want you to do more. Pastor, would you come up here and you, Sister Carrie, and just come stand before the people? This is your shepherd. This is the man that watches for your souls. This is a man that has a seven-day-a-week job, 24 hours a day. He can go on vacation in that camper, but you're still on his heart, still on his mind. And you know he's just a phone call away, that you can reach him, that he's going to answer you. We were in a meeting the other day, and he was called about a death of a child. The rest of us, our, our, our situations were quiet, so we went and had a great lunch. Where's your pastor? This pastor's coming back to Coosabada to help work through it. 
well, you know what? As much as he does and as she does, God wants to do more with them. God wants to do more for Pastor Andy, Sister Carrie. Lord only knows what he's going to do with Katie. The more he's going to do. You know what I prayed for my son and daughter the other day? I said, God, let Connor and Grace do more than what Ken and I ever dreamed of doing. Let my children attain more for you and do more for you than what I've ever dreamed of doing. You see, you're separated. You said you want the Lord to do more in your life. Now, would you agree and say, Lord, we want you to do more at Coosa Valley? And you understand it starts right here. It starts right here. This right here will set the standard. The pews will never rise above the pulpit. This is where it starts. This is what I want you to do. I, I know it's COVID. But if you would just if you would just stretch your hands this way. I'm going and if it's okay, I'm gonna put my hand on your shoulder here and I'm gonna pray for you and Carrie. That God's gonna do more with Andy and Carrie Lambert. And we can only imagine what he's gonna do with Katie. Holy Father, we come before you right now in the name above every name. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, to look upon Coosa Valley Church and do more with it. Oh, my God, do more with this church. God, you know the years of the past, and I'm asking you to do more with this church. Now, Lord, I put my hand on this pastor, and I say, Lord, do more with Andy. Do more with Sister Carrie. Lord, the journey, you know the valleys, you know the worries, you know the concerns. You know the problems that they've had to bear that's their own problems, plus the problems of their people. But Lord God, we pray for more anointing, hallelujah. More anointing upon them. More grace upon them. More mercy upon them. More wisdom, more knowledge, more favor of heaven upon them. Oh my God, give him a prophetic voice in this pulpit. God, when the politicians don't know what to say, Lord, let this preacher know what to say. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, do more, do more, do more in this pastor, in this pastor's wife, and in their daughter. In the name of Jesus, do more. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, how many of you are going to look for more now? Can I just tell you, you may not see it. You may not feel it. You may not hear it. But when you get up, the ditches are going to be full. Hallelujah. When you get up, the ditches are going to be full. And in that, in that goodness, the enemy is going to be defeated on top of it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Pastor, I love you. Thank you for letting me be here on this wonderful day. Celebrate you and your family. Thank you, sis, for keeping him straight. Amen. 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 It is. Pray for your